0: Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon or good
1: evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max with the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest, Tanya Russell. She is an author. She's a high-performance coach, and she's just an all-around amazing human being. But I'm going to let her introduce herself, and exactly she's going to tell you what she does, who she is, and then you and I are going to rock and roll, Tanya.
2: (laughs) Sounds great. Oh, uh, well, it's nice to, to put a face to the voice that I have come to know by listening to your podcast. Um, I am, uh, it's interesting to say when you go to describe yourself, it kind of feels a little bit weird, but um, I would first describe myself as a mom. I have three wonderful children. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur, I guess. I've been an entrepreneur since I was probably 19 years old. And have several businesses now uh, wrote a book recently, and I do help uh, women uh, in in the coaching uh, world as well. So that's kind of what I do, and uh, yeah,
1: that's me. <laughs> See, you heard like she's she's amazing, everybody, right? Because one, you if you heard it, she's a mother. You got to be a, a mother like that is the toughest job on this planet. So, and I say that with the utmost respect because. I remember, well, when my kids were little and I would try to watch them all, I, I was like, how do you do this? Like, how do you multitask, get everything done? Babies are crying, right? Guys are like, hey, honey, more power to you. you <laughs> Those guys just go, ah. Um, but being a serial entrepreneur, it's kind of... I like to say almost like being a parent or a mother, right? Because you got to juggle so many things and you got to make sure you're on top of your game and right. Things happen unexpectedly where you just got to be able to roll with the flow. So, but I want to hear like a little bit about some of the challenges you faced. You said you've been a a serial entrepreneur since you were 19. So like take my audience back, you know, as far as you want um, and, and tell them, because the whole premise of this a podcast is i like to showcase uh people's tenacity their resilience right how they've overcome challenges in their life and you know you and i've already had that talk right so i know but i want my audience to know like what an amazing person you are because of the stuff you had to overcome in your life
2: okay um it was funny i actually answered this question on a facebook kind of post the other day i was like when was your first business and so i started to get back to that and then, um, I was raised, um, in a kind by a single mom until I was eight. Um, and we didn't have a ton of money. And so if we wanted those like little treats or extra snacks, it was up to us to kind of figure that out. So I, I look back on my first business. I would say we lived next to a golf course and we would, me and my brothers would make kool-aid and we would set up at like hole number five on the hot days and we would sell kool-aid to the golfers and then <laughs> when they would hit the ball over the fence <laughs> we would find the golf balls polish them up and then sell them back to them so i guess my <laughs> I it. It started way back when i was like five six seven years old um and it went from there so uh and then i my first Um, business would, I was in financial services and kind of like a multi-level marketing company and kind of got a little bit of a taste of freedom, um, and controlling my own schedule then. And then I been in the gym business in my twenties and, uh spas and uh, all kinds of different things, kind of whatever came along that I felt like the numbers worked <laughs> and I understood it, and had a bit of passion for it, then I got into it. so that that's kind of my entrepreneurial journey today. I um currently own a day spa and two tanning salons and some real estate stuff that I do and coaching in my book, and that's where I'm at right as of today.
1: Wow, that's a lot of work. I mean, that's, but if you think about it, a lot of us have started our entrepreneurial, right? Uh, journeys way back when we were kids. I know, and maybe this is why it turned me off for a little bit there, but I'd go stay, say my sister, uh, she, God rest her soul passed away, right? But she lived in the desert and she had five boys. <laughs> so my mom would go on vacation and go, you're going to your sister's and you know, she's going to be like mom. And that was my sister was closest like mom, but she was that like, uh you want something go earn it right you're in the middle of yeah. death valley she wouldn't say go mow a lawn she'd go go rake the rocks and make their yard look good you can make money <laughs> and we would literally go out in the heat, 110 degrees or whatever in death valley and you know nephew my nephews and i would, would go rake yards and make it look re- like the rocks look really nice right and we paid for yeah. raking yards right <laughs> and um but, um, you know, like they say, being an entrepreneur is really not for the faint of heart, right? If you're not up for the fight, and you're up to having to change on the fly or figure things out on the fly, like they say, you know, then go get your nine to five, because then that's, you know, you know what you got to do every day, <laughs> you go clock in, clock out. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, that's tough. And I can relate to your your younger years, right? My mom was the same way. If we wanted anything, she just looked at, she didn't care how old we should go, go get a job, you know, go mow some lawns, <laughs> yeah. go pull some weeds because <laughs> I'm not buying you stuff, right? I'm, um, and I guess so. I've been in this entrepreneur, I always say for three years, but I guess I've been in it all my life. Like I had to uh, think on my feet if I was, you know, wanted to go to the prom or get a car, right. my, my mom <laughs> would say, I'm not buying your car, you better go get a job. <laughs> um but that can be tough right growing I I don't know how many people are in your family total but I've I've kind of heard your background but growing up with a single mother's tough I know cuz my mom worked her butt off and so give the audience a little bit of background of how it was growing up and some of those challenges coming from a single parent home as we know can be tough
2: yeah. Um, well, my mom was amazing <laughs> um, since past, but uh, I have two younger brothers and um, she actually, my mom remarried when I was just about eight. Um, and so I had a stepdad from eight until he passed away when I was 18. And so, um, those younger years was, you know, we had to learn the fight for ourselves. And then there was the adjustment of, okay, now we have a dad (laughs) and a new person telling us the rules. And, um, but he was the most amazing man, um, uh, probably I've ever known and, uh, loved God. And he raised us, um, as his own children. And we, I learned a lot from him. And when, like, when I look back at my entrepreneurial journey, um, my dad worked as a, a glazier and a glass shop for a long time and then he got laid off the economy was not so great and he started his own little business and when he was starting he knew that i loved numbers and had this entrepreneurial kind of spirit and so he actually when i was 17 years old he paid for me to take an accounting course with him and it was like computer like learning pack way back in the day <laughs> and Oh, so that's kind of how I, I got this belief in myself that I could do it because he believed in me, right? And he paid and I, I we started doing this together. And then shortly after that, he was diagnosed with brain cancer and had to um, shut his business down. And then uh, right before I graduated, his tumor came back and the doctors told us that he just had weeks to live. And so that was a kind of the big, the first big kick in the teeth for me because I had never known anyone who had died and I was just a kid. Wow. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, in that year um, where my dad was sick, my grade 12 year, um, we had all my brothers and I had to go to work. We had to contribute. We all worked at McDonald's and we were paying our own way because my dad couldn't work and my mom was taking care of my dad. Um, So anything that we needed, car insurance, gas, groceries, those kinds of things, we were contributing to the family household, Um, which was good for us. I'm glad that we had that experience looking back because it it made me who I am today. Um, But it was really tough um, losing that person who you know, believed in you and was there for you. And he was like my protector and all of that. So that was a big, a big hard blow uh, for an 18 year old girl, for sure.
1: Yeah, especially when you're young, right? And that's awesome that he just, he stepped into that role, because we hear a lot of it where that doesn't happen, where it's just like, those are your kids, you deal with them, I'll deal with this. And so that's, I have to say, that's pretty amazing that you know he became your dad and and yeah. like wanted to do that role right and that's where you started to learn a lot of your you know your work ethic right i'm sure mm-hmm. from him and mom yeah. and, and all that <laughs> stuff right well and and that out of necessity right but if you think about it right maybe at the time i don't know if you know there's probably those moments you're like oh this sucks right but at the same time it's making you into such an awesome human being. What I mean is because now you're learning to definitely be community with your family and pulling your weight and doing all that stuff. You're building your work ethic. You're not afraid to work, right? Cause you know, dad has taught you how to do certain things. And he, and you know what I love um, Tanya is that he did it with you. How cool is that? Like, Hey, let's go do this class together. Yeah. Right. Cause I, I, I didn't have that. So I would, I'm sure I would, have. Loved it of my stepdad, but, you know, my God rest his soul. We got along great, but he was retired. So the only thing I ever saw him do, right, was sit in the uh driveway with my uncle, right? And they would watch a skateboard while we were younger as they were drinking their <laughs> sake, right? So I'm yeah. like, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you've been through some tough challenges. I know that you've told me so. Yeah. You know what i mean can if you don't mind share with the audience how you became this amazing human being right because all of us doesn't matter if we're amazing or not go through challenges right and we learn as as you know that as we go along either life happens to us or it happens for us and we learn the lessons and we either you know we don't get over certain things we just learn how to move through it and handle it and you know do our best right
2: right and we all have that choice and we all have an ability to make a decision how that's going to affect us um the death of my dad was really really hard on my my brother like my one right below me (laughs) we're all really close like 18 months apart um so uh, my middle the middle uh boy he had a really difficult um, time processing the loss of our dad uh, he was angry at the world angry at God angry at everything and that was kind of his start of his journey at that point into um, drugs and other things and then he had a surgery that went sideways and then came out of the hospital addicted to morphine and then that led into like a decade of self-medicating and not processing his feelings and all of those things but him and I were really tight we did business together. We owned gyms together. Um, all kinds of things. Um, and, and through that decade, uh, I lost my best friend was killed in a car accident. And then we lost my grandma, my grandpa. And then my brother ended up, um, uh, when he was 33 years old, uh, took a batch of something. He was having a bad day, suffering from some severe anxiety and it was laced with fentanyl and he didn't survive. And that, was probably the most difficult day and a (laughs) few months of my entire life Uh, because him and i he was like my other half we did everything together um so that was a huge huge challenge and then trying to pull myself through that at the time i had my kids were like nine and seven um and trying to like still be a mom and still run my business and pay the bills and and grieve um that incredible loss. Um, it was, it was challenge. It was a challenge to my faith at the time I was, um, you know, I had been praying for my brother, (laughs) um, that he would, you know, that God would kind of, um, get him through and help him with his anxiety and his issues and things that were going on. And I remember sitting in church one Sunday shortly after he died and, you know i was like god like i how am i gonna get through this like why did you take him from me <laughs> i was angry oh, yeah. and um i heard this still small voice and i'm gonna try not to cry <laughs> and god said to me you asked me to take away his pain and he's not in pain anymore Ted." <laughs> and so that day as hard as it was, that's what's gotten me through since then is just knowing that, you know, at the end of this, we're going to be in heaven. <laughs> and right. sometimes we're called earlier than others. And we just got to keep going on and moving on. And the only way that I knew how to get through this was to help other people survive, you know, kind of what I went through and learn and and grieve and learn how to process and move forward and then i thought that was like okay i learned this lesson and i'm i'm good (laughs) you know god taught me i got through it and then uh 18 months ago uh, my um stepson was older than my kids he was kind of like my first child i raised him since he was five he was in my life um he died by suicide uh 18 months ago and then uh just about a year ago my mom passed away from parkinson's and so when i heard your story and and that your sister had parkinson's you lost your mom you lost your brother and a grandchild and i was like man our stories are so much the same but yet so different (laughs) so right um yeah like i didn't personally go through addiction um but i walked beside my brother and i and i've gone through the, that same kind of grief and so yeah that's um that's where i'm at today
1: <laughs> yeah well see and there that's the thing is some people say like i didn't go through addiction but in actuality you did because you were so close you were af- affected right so like when i work with clients in in my day job right and i talk with parents i tell them I go, you look you're in recovery too because you it affects the whole family especially when you're yeah. tight you know like you and yeah. your brother were and in, in, right me and my brother and trust me i go through those moments where like why didn't i push harder and tell him to call me back like two days before when he had called me right and then he didn't mm-hmm. answer my calls i just kind of because i was doing my thing like moving to a whole different state but I know that feeling you went through, like, with your son and your brother. It was like, I like I lost it in the middle of a Denny's, right? Because yeah. you question your, and then you question your faith for a, a quick moment, right? Like, okay, God, yeah. I just lost or, my or sister.
2: Or a few moments.
1: Yeah. Yeah, or, or, yeah, or a few days, right? Depending yeah. on... <laughs> yeah. see, but this is what I love, Tanya, is that we can laugh about it because we understand it. We've been through it, Right. And it actually strengthened my faith, if that makes sense, right? Because I had lost my sister. Uh, Then my brother watched my mom die of a broken heart literally six months later on Thanksgiving day, put my youngest daughter in treatment that following Monday, right? And then when I went through the death of my granddaughter, and then I'm, I'm way back to work, you know, I find out my son has a massive stroke and is like on deathbed. I'm like, I remember I pulled over on the freeway. I pulled over and I just kind of looked into the sky. I said, okay, God, I know you got a sense of humor, but this is not funny right now. Like you need to chill out. You need to give me a break and show <laughs> me a sign that you're going to get me through this. Cause it doesn't feel like it, you know? And right. Because what happens for me, I don't know if this happens for you. And I'm sure it does because of your faith, but like I go, I know I'll be okay, but I can't watch my family who's, just going to lose it. You know what I mean? That's what tears my heart apart. You know, when, yeah. um, cause I was in the ER when my daughter, right? I went and sat with my, my stepdaughter and watched my grandbaby get put on life support. And then when my son, I went straight to the hospital. I watched him at one point. They even told my wife and I go ex wife. Um, you need to get a priest because I don't think he's going to be, cause he had like other strokes while he was on life support. And I'm like, But that's where I knew faith kicked in. The first thing out of my mouth was, no, he's going to make it because we're going to pray about this and we're going to, I'm going to reach out to everybody and anybody who will pray and we're all going to pray. And, you know, you know, three years later, my, uh, my son's alive. And, but the thing I think you'll relate to is like at those moments when you're by yourself, right? Those conversations you have with yourself and God, especially, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like (laughs) sometimes if I, I, you know, I I don't want to get too like, over the top here, but like, I would have it like back if I were in my addiction, you know, and I was running the streets, I would drop F bombs and I go, God, I know you understand right now. And I'm sure you're, you know, comforting me and let's say, let it out. But (laughs) those are the moments that make us or break us. Right. Especially in our faith. And, you know, I'm so sorry for your losses. And I understand. And that's why I get mad when people say, I'll just get over it. You know, and you're, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I get these big eyes and I'm like, <laughs> you see, <these>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm about to give you some, <laughs> <blood>. <laughs> yeah yeah. like, I understand, well, you know go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I understand moving through it, but not, not, you never get over that stuff ever.
2: And you know, I, when my brother passed away, um, a family friend had sent me this article because she had lost two of her children. And um, she sent me this article and it was a, a written by a girl who had lost her brother. And she said, you know, people keep telling me to get over it and to heal. And she's like, it's like if you got your arm chopped off and I came and told you heal your arm, like grow your arm back. It doesn't happen that way. Like we get we move through it. But our arm doesn't grow back. And it's right. like I've moved through it. I've moved through the, those losses. I'm a different person, but I will never be over it. Like, right. like they they were too much a part of me um, to to be totally over it and heal. Like I'm I'm a new person. I'm a I'm grateful for who I am today and for what God brought me through. Um, but I'm I'm never gonna be who I was. No. And right it's just it's just impossible it's just not even possible <laughs> right so. exactly
1: to go in through yeah. anything like that it changes us as a person right but like yeah. you're telling my audience you know it's how you handle it and what you choose to do like you said if you learn to process right because we can't change it but we can process those feelings and, and understand that that's normal right and Mm -hmm. we need to grieve and we need to cry like i can't tell you when the first couple years and i'm sure you understand too right i'd be driving down the road going to work and all of a sudden song come on i'm crying like a little baby because it reminds me of my mom or my brother or my sister or you know my son or whatever happened at the time and but i know someone says that you know those tears are actually cleansing tears right and they help you move through and and just it makes me feel human right because if i don't cry that's when i would be like i'd be worried (laughs) like if if you didn't cry tanya i'd be like tanya after this we're gonna have a little talk because uh (laughs) i didn't see any tears how
2: (laughs) how many people have you come across that don't they they bury that and they don't give themselves the permission to grieve and they stay stuck in oh. that grief, and they never move forward. And that's, I guess, would be my message to your audience. If you're in that right now, allow yourself the permission to grieve. And your grief isn't going to look like mine. And it's not going to look like your partners or your kids or whoever else is experiencing that same loss. It's all it's going to be different for each one of us. And just allowing that and respecting that it's going to take a different amount of time for you than it is the person next to you and but allow yourself to grieve and move forward
1: thank you for saying that i love that it, it, you have to give yourself permission that's when that, you know a lot of times people say max don't tell people they got to do anything right but sometimes yeah. i'm like <laughs> i believe you have to give your that yourself that permission to go through whatever you're going through right because right that's when we learn the lessons usually is when i'm going through a rough time And I'm paying it if I'm being mindful, right? And paying attention. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go through this. I might not like it, but there's maybe a lesson that God is trying to teach me, you know, and it's something I need to learn about somebody else or even myself and how I'm going to move forward. And right. Because in the end, what you do is help other women, right? And in your coaching, help them whatever process what they're going through. Right. So they can become a better human being. Right. Because ultimately that's what we want to do. Right. And if, if we stay stuck, I believe, how can we be helpful to other people? Right. Like, that's why I started this podcast. Cause I wanted to show people that you could, it could be the Andy for of the world, the Ryan Stewmans, you know, the uh Steve jobs, whoever, right. All of them yeah. have gone through trials and tribulations and Right. But I think in reading a lot about these, you know, individuals and, and people like ourselves is that we allowed ourselves that, that per- gave ourselves that permission to feel that stuff, even though we're like, I don't like this. Oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the biggest yeah. fighter. If you saw me, i like, I'm going to fight. No, I'm not crying. I, I, I got something in my eye, Tanya. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, you know, having these conversations like with you today, I really want my audience to pay attention that it's okay to go. Life's going to happen. People may not Mm -hmm. go through what you and I have gone through. Some have gone through worse than what you and I have gone through, but I want Mm -hmm. them to hear that from you. Like you just said, remember people, like she said, give yourself permission to feel and to go through it. It's not going to kill us, even though at the time it may feel like it, but you know what I mean? And have those conversations with God like I do. He doesn't get mad. I, people could tell me he gets mad all day long, but I'm still here. So if he got mad, I wouldn't be sitting here with Tanya today having this conversation. <laughs> but you know, whatever works for you, if it's the universe, if it's God or Buddha or whatever, take that time to be still and reflect and, and whatever you're going through and, and listen to what Tanya's saying. I think it's so important that we give ourselves permission to do that stuff. So. I thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so, like, you're a busy person, right? You're a mom. You got businesses. Yeah. Um, share with the audience, right? So, it's not all about challenges, people. You know that, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you manage all of that, right? And and you know, how do you, okay? I, let's put it this way: How do you take care of yourself? How do you practice self care? Because that's something else I want the audience to understand that. Mm -hmm. People like yourself and the great leaders that I get to talk to, right, all have this routine where they're doing something to take care of themselves, right? So that in order they could fill their cup up and take care of other people like you have your family.
2: Right. And in um, as a mom, I think it's we lose ourselves sometimes in our kids um, and what is what they need. And we forget that if we don't if we're not full, we can't pour into them. So my kids will tell you like there were days (laughs) the only time I could get to the gym in the morning was at 6am and they got their butts hauled out of bed and they were sitting in the little daycare room while I was working out and having my hour in the morning before I went about my day and they went to school. They hated that getting (laughs) drug up in the morning, but um, I knew that I needed that for me to be the best mom and the healthiest um, person that can be and those daily habits like got me through the lots of my brother i i got up in the morning and i did went for a walk and just had my quiet time um i've always fitness has always been like i call it my tanya time <laughs> at the gym uh, i get up and i have my hour or whatever it is 45 minutes in the morning and it it, it always just gets me back and centered no matter what's going on in my life it's like whew, okay, got my body moving, my mind is thinking better, and then I can attack my day. Um, When you say, like, how do I get through it now? I'm so blessed to have amazing staff that work for my businesses. Um, uh, My kids work with me. My son, not anymore. He just moved away and uh, (laughs) is doing his own thing. Uh, But my girls are involved in the family businesses. Um, and I have, I have really good people and I've learned how to delegate and, um, not have to be in control of everything. So I, I focus my time and my energy on the things that nobody can do better than me in my business and anything else. Um, the, those things are delegated out and and I'm so, so grateful for the staff that I have
1: and that's, that's a, probably a tough thing to learn in the beginning, right? To delegate, especially when you want things to go. You know how they should go, right? And yeah. <laughs> like to hand that off to someone, you're like, oh, should I do that? Right? But I learned that now. You know how I learned that is with my wife, right? There's things she's good at, and I just go, okay, you do that. I'll follow your lead, right? Yeah. And then vice versa. So... Right, because in my business, well, I mean, I work for someone right now, but in my private practice, right, I only have to worry about myself at this moment. So, but when it comes to the family stuff, right, I just watch my wife and I go, okay, she, I I know there's rhyme and reason to her madness sometimes,
2: (laughs) and it's and
1: it's my job to just go, okay, honey, I'm right behind you. Whatever you got to do, right, and you know it's been almost six years that we've been married, and it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful marriage so far. Because I think we get that right, because we're older and we just understand that. I know there's things that I do that probably irritate her, but she understands I have to do it that way because it it'll make my OCD okay, and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know I what think I
2: mean? That's a, it's a hard part too. Like for people that are just getting started in entrepreneurship, because there's that balance of like I I can't afford to pay somebody to do it and you're trying to juggle all the hats of like being a mom and being a business owner and doing everything and then you have to figure out the time when it's like okay what is this costing me you know if i hire someone that out am i getting a little bit more peace a little bit more time with my family and sure it costs me a couple hundred bucks a month or whatever and finding that time and that balance that's the juggle i think when when you're in that phase of of kind of growth because Growth can be painful and expensive and hard <laughs> uh, in entrepreneurship and in life, right? So it's just balancing those things out and, and learning that right timing, and then when you make a decision, trusting it and uh, just putting it out there, like you know, God's got gotcha you and you're gonna you're gonna get through it.
1: <laughs> so, and that's the that's the biggest thing right there. You just nailed it. Right is. Just doing it and having that faith that you made the right decision. And you know what? Even if it, it wasn't and you failed at it, learn from it, right? At least that's what yeah. all the greats tell us to do, right? Fail forward. Keep fail going. Forward, yeah. Right? Because that's <laughs> how I you... fail
2: forward a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm right behind you. <laughs> They've you had know. to pick me up and... off the floor many times, right? Like, come on, Max. <laughs> keep going. But you know what I you mean, know. right? But isn't that what every successful business owner or leader in this world has done, right? Failed, learned from it and kept going. Right. Yep. And that's the key, right? Is that we learn from our mistakes. So we don't make it a same mistake over and over again. Right. Yes. Um, you only you know, fail when
2: you quit, right. Or keep doing the same thing over and over again. Like that's, but if you get back up and you try again, you didn't really fail because you learned from whatever it is that, that mistake you made and then you do it different the next time.
1: So. Right. And, and that's like with life, right? Like you and I having similar stories, right? It's like, even though it, it it wasn't us, right? Like when some of those events happened, it feels like, where did I fail? Like, why did I feel like I failed at something, right? Mm-hmm. But if you got your faith, like I know you do and, and I do now, it's like God said, you didn't fail, right? You just have yeah. to learn how to deal with this and know that it's in in my grand design, right? That even though you don't like it, you'll find out later why it happened, right? Especially with my granddaughter, right? That's a hard thing, like, and for, you know, um, and it's still, and here's, but here's the beauty of the thing, right? So let me tell you a little story. Um, My stepdaughter wasn't supposed to have a baby, right? She was on birth control, right? She was, you know, because of what my granddaughter passed away from, she's just wanted to make sure Everything was stacked against her, right? And then she, yeah, she finds out, right? She doesn't tell anybody or mom, not any of us, right? Until she's sure. And then she gets pregnant on an IUD. So we really yeah. have our new granddaughter, her youngest, is a, definitely yeah. a rainbow baby where God said, You're going to have yeah. this baby. I don't care what you do. Yeah. And, and of course, she's beautiful, she's healthy. But that's one of those things where you go, now I know there's a power greater than myself at work here and everything happens for a reason because now she has this beautiful you know that she has you know we always say four but she has um or three four excuse me I can't my brain goes but we always (laughs) still count her young the the baby that died her name was Remy right so we still count her but she has three beautiful kids downstairs right and for me it's always a it's awesome to be a part of their lives i go to baseball games on saturdays and soccer's for my other granddaughter her soccer <laughs> games um so what i'm getting at is and if you heard what tanya's saying everybody is just have a little bit of faith just keep doing the work and things always work out the way the, the way they are supposed to and you'll look back and go i get it Cause there's time like I didn't get it, but then there's down the road I go, okay, I get it now, right?
2: Yeah, despite the tragedies, exactly.
1: the sadness, or whatever, right? But that's what makes life life, right? And then this is what led me to have this wonderful interview with you is right, we find the similarities in our stories. And see, that's where for me it's my 12-step program always taught me, right? Don't look for the differences, but look for the similarities.
2: Um. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean and,
1: right because when I got to the program of A, it was like I'm always pointing out well I'm not like you and you're definitely like not me and right? my sponsor would just go <laughs> you'll call you'll get it one day max but now I get why they say look for the similarities right because there's people that back in my using days I never would have hung out with and now I'm good mm-hmm. friends with these people and I've been long you know like I'm coming up on 20 years clean and sober and I made a new (laughs) friend with Tanya, you know, and I get to I get to do some amazing stuff. And, you know, and that's what I I I hope this podcast, you know, and people hearing your story that, you know, they realize, right, we're all going to go through stuff, but we can laugh. We can cry. It's all going to be okay because God's going to take care of it in the end anyway. Yes.
2: And one day you'll be able to look back and see the lesson and help somebody or multiple people through it. And I think that's, and then that blessing comes back. It, it's a blessing to be able to help somebody through what you went through. And you like, if they can get through the the difficulties of recovery or loss or grief faster than I did, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, like to be able right. to help someone and be successful at it or, or whatever visit, like for me and when I'm helping people, with business or things like that, like I want to be able to take what I learned and what took me. Like I'm stubborn. <laughs> like you know, it took me <laughs> in some times of some hard lessons, and I went around those same mountains a few times um, to learn a lesson. But if I can pass that knowledge on and, and help, like my kids, get through and learn business faster than I did, um, or or get through grief or in your case recovery easier, quicker, faster. Um, that's just, that's what it's about. And that's where the blessing comes, even though we don't see it when we're in the midst of our own pain.
1: Right. And it's hard. Like you said, you know, it's sometimes it is hard when we're in the midst of what we're going through to go, you know, it's not like we wake up, you know, and we just gone through something going, Oh, I know I'm going to learn a lesson, so I'm going to be okay. Right. We're like, no, that's not going to happen. But that's just part of the process, right? That's what makes us such resilient human beings. Right at least those of us who choose to embrace those as my friend, my friend, Chris Whitehead loves to say, right. Uh, 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 What do you call? um, Oh my God. I would embrace the suck. Right. Oh yeah. (laughs) right. And uh, we went blank there for a minute, you know? Um, And um, I remember when he first told me that, right. Like just embrace the suck. And I'm, I was going through some, and, right. He's a good friend of mine. And I'm yeah. like, yo, yeah. I go, hey, bro, like, check it out. Like one suck at a time, please. <laughs> he, would, yeah. he, would, he would laugh and just go, just trust me, there's probably a lesson. And then he threw, there's probably a lesson within that lesson you need to learn. I'm like, oh gosh. But yeah. you know and I'm glad I listened to him because I wouldn't be here with you if I if I didn't, right? So I want to ask yeah. you some questions, right? And okay. uh Sounds good. <laughs> um i wrote a book called fearless happiness right so i like to ask my guests uh the first part is the first question is fearless what does fearless look like for you and how does that show up in your life on a daily basis
2: oh wow um fear i was actually reading about this just last week about fear and it came out to me as like i was doing some pondering and journaling i'm like if there was no fear, we would not need courage because what would you need courage for if you weren't afraid of anything? So I guess for me, um, fearless would be, I need to just load up on a super dose of courage <laughs> to be fearless.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right. And do those things that scare us anyway. Right. Is what I uh, hear you say. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, there's going to be times when we're afraid and um, like taking that step and just doing it anyway and um, drawing on that inner strength and the courage that's in all of us. And the more we exercise it, the bigger and stronger it gets and the more fearless we can become.
1: I believe it. I love it. I love that answer. Um, Happiness. So in my book, I don't know if you can see it. Oh, there. I put a Y in the happiness. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did that for a reason. And no, I didn't spell it wrong. Um, (laughs) No, I I, I did spell it wrong for a reason. But um, happiness. Okay, your mother, your wife, all that stuff, business owner. What does happiness knowing I put that Y there? What does that mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis?
2: Like, why am I happy? (laughs) (laughs) I've I've listened to a few of your podcasts and I've never actually heard you say why you put the why in happiness. So um that's one question for you after. (laughs) You got it, and I'll answer it. Okay, so happiness to me, um I think from all of my losses in life, it's come down to just literally finding joy in the little things and being present and um things don't rattle me much anymore like my kid was learning to drive she drove my jeep my brand new jeep into my house and i was laughing we were like like literally up on the side of the house like ready to go through the garage door like and she's freaking out and i am in the passenger side and i am laughing And she's like, what is going on? And I'm like, well, first of all, take your foot off the gas pedal. (laughs) (laughs) And at the end of it, she was like, why aren't you mad? And I'm like, nobody died. Nobody died. Nothing, nothing is so bad as like losing someone. And so there's just joy and happiness in every little thing. Like you can laugh at your kid driving your vehicle through your house. Like you can pretty much laugh at anything. Right. Exactly. um, (laughs) Comes down to gratitude too, for me a lot. I like, I notice you, you're big in the gratitude stuff and every morning I go for a hike or whatever I'm doing. I just look at the little things like the sun is shining and there's these beautiful flowers and I find joy in the little things. And that's what um, I think leads to overall happiness is just, being grateful for the little stuff,
1: absolutely, I could not agree more, so when I used to work at this facility, right, which would take me two hours to get there um on our breaks, right, it was by the beach, right We're on the main mm-hmm. street of Huntington beach, and i would we'd walk down, and their smoking thing was on this other side of this big planner, right, mm-hmm. and I would always make sure I was the first one down there, right, and I would sit on there and I'd be looking at the sky. I don't know. And they'd all, you know, all the clients would look like, What are you doing? Like, you're tripping out or something. (laughs) I go, I just go, I'm grateful I can see the blue sky, you know. And I would tell I'll pick out little things like you know, I'm I'm grateful that the beach is walking distance if I want to go, right? I'm grateful that I got to surf in that ocean when I was younger. And they're like, You're weird, Max, you know, like you're weird. (laughs) But I've been doing that for such a long time, right? That gratitude, that practice of gratitude. Because someone told me, my sponsor told me, he goes, Max, gratitude is in action words. Don't just tell me, show me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank God for that. Right. And thank God I had people that practice gratitude because they taught me. If I didn't do that, I think if I didn't do that, Tanya, you know, and learn some of the things that my mentors and coaches and friends have taught me, I don't know if I would have got through that stuff that year, right, when I lost. But I even at those times, I was telling people what I was grateful for. And they're like, how do you do that? I say, because I need to be here for my family, right? They need to be here for me, right? God put me on this. He got me through my addiction for a reason. And it wasn't to go back to doing it. It was to be here and be helpful to somebody that may be going through the same thing. and And that's why I put the why. Because if you think about happiness, right? Nothing outside of us makes us happy. It can right for a brief moment, but it's what's in here. That's why I put the why because happiness comes from you. Right. Like I I mean, my wife and I agree. Like she I I can't make her happy all the time. She can't make me happy all the time. But what I have inside, right? What I believe, my faith, uh having my family, practicing gratitude, that's why I put the why. To answer your question, that's why I put the why. So when people ask yeah. me, I said, happiness comes from you. Right. Yeah, and uh, and it doesn't matter what you go through, right? You can always find something because what happens is when you find that happiness that doesn't matter what's going on around you. That's Mm -hmm. when you find the joy. That's Mm -hmm. when life is worth living because you found Mm -hmm. joy, right? And just like I get to interview, that's to me that that brings me joy. I get to meet someone new. I'm getting to know her. She's she's an amazing human being. Her name is Tanya Russell, and If you would have asked me this 19 years ago, I would have said, Tanya, I don't know what you're smoking or drinking, but, you know, pass it my way because I think you either fall, you fell and bumped your head or something's going on here. But I feel that um, what you said too about it's just, right, fearless, is just having that courage to do that first step. I was afraid to death to get sober because I didn't know what it was going to be like. I thought if I didn't have my drink or my drugs, how was I going to be happy? Right. But look where that choice, when I made that decision, I get to have this wonderful interview with you and and sit and meet people like yourself and not only learn from you, but just have a wonderful conversation. You know, that's why I put an
2: impact. You forget that
1: one. You're making an impact on more people than, you know, And, and and that's the
2: thing. That's so powerful. The ripple effect of like what you went through in your story and how you're sharing that and helping people, and people are sharing your podcast and sharing their experience. You're having this like incredible ripple effect that you may never even know that you're doing. God's well, using
1: you. God's using me. That's, but I get to have you on here, which in turn is going to make that ripple effect much bigger, right? We both get to help people, yeah. which I love. So again, thank you so much for for being here. Um, so, if people want to work with you, Tanya, right? I might say I'm well. I'm I'm in America, right? So it's Tanya to me. I heard you say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I answered anything, but in
2: in Canada, it, my name is Tanya. But Tanya, <laughs> <it's all good. laughs>
1: I would say I, I, I called her Tanya, and I'm here. like thinking the whole time Tandy, to myself, I, I got go, <laughs> <him>. <laughs> no um, big deal. <laughs> but, so people want to work with you, uh, they want your coaching services, how do they get a hold of you? How can they get a hold of you?
2: Uh, my website is uh, lifemyway.ca. Um, I, you can reach me through there via email. I'm on Instagram uh, at 10 russell underscore author underscore coach or on Facebook, 10 russell. So yeah, that's the best way to reach out. Um, I have a, Coaching program that's going to be launching more in a group kind of setting in September for women. Sorry, guys, just for just for the ladies. <laughs> um, <laughs> my book is on Amazon, uh, "Life on Your Terms." Um, it kind of it's a very simple book that. Basically, all the things that I learned, I tried to compact it into a really um, simple, easy to read book with action steps. And it's things that I taught my kids um, growing up and how to be an entrepreneur and and build like it's the foundations of building a successful life. So I wanted to share that with the world. And so I put it all into a little book.
1: Awesome. I was just going to ask you that and your book, but you just answered that. So you heard that, everybody, your book. Is on Amazon. You can reach her on Instagram. You can reach her on Facebook. You got her website, which I'll put in the show notes. Um, sorry, guys. It's her coaching is for women. So you're, <laughs> yeah, you're asked out, as I, they say. I
2: mean, if you have a, <laughs> just need advice or just need a word of encouragement, absolutely. But the coaching program is
1: like <laughs> you. Yeah, there you go. Um, so you're not off the hook quite just yet.
2: Okay, that's okay. Right.
1: (laughs) So there is always one last question I like to ask my guests, right? And I think this helps wrap everything up and what we talked about and having that impact. So uh, I like to ask you, uh, what would you tell? What's one piece of advice you would tell my audience? Uh, Tanya, Tanya, I'm going to get it right. Uh, What is that one piece of advice that you would give my audience to help them grow as a human being and become better people?
2: I'm going to go back to something you said earlier, because you mentioned um, that you practice gratitude every day, and then you were able to keep that up through the hardest parts of your life, like when you lost your brother and your sister and your mom all really close together. And that was a habit, right? The gratitude became a habit. And you did that every day and then it got you through the hard parts. And for me, my habit that got me through was my, my exercise and my fitness and staying focused on that. So our daily habits get us through the hard times because we go back to that and we, and it was like, Oh, our mind and our body knows, okay, if we do this, this is going to happen. And so have really good solid habits as would be my best advice to
1: anybody i think you're like so 100 spot on right because if you're doing habit if you have like a daily routine or like i like to i don't like routine because sometimes routine is like a negative for me like oh yeah routine (laughs) a daily ritual right which for me in the morning is my reflection time my prayer meditation it's just my time to get right with god and and see what his day is going to look like for me and then it's same at night, right? And if I don't, if I I've been sticking with that for so long, you're right, it's become a habit. And if you can be, create positive habits that are gonna help you stay focused even through your rough times, you can't go wrong. So I I really appreciate that because my exercise is one of them, right? You can it's not uh, for
2: everybody like <laughs> I love it but and that's my thing. If I didn't do it, I know my my mind goes. And it was like if you just stopped doing your gratitude every morning, can you imagine how you would start to feel?
1: Oh. Like I you'd be like, "Sorry Max, I'm passing on your podcast interview. See you later."
2: <laughs> I, I right? can't so, with
1: you.
2: <laughs> and that's how I am. If I don't get to the gym, my kids are like, "When was the last time you went to the gym and ate?" <laughs> you know, like, so it it's finding out like what that is for you, whatever it is for you, like right. so we're not going to go what to do, but what is it for you that like grounds you each day and Absolutely. and will get you through those hard times, no matter what find that's, that and do that.
1: That's awesome. So awesome. Thank you so much, Tanya. Well, time's up. I really appreciate the time you took, even though I was a little late today, you're okay. a champ. Thank you for sticking with me. <laughs> Um, You heard her, everybody. I mean, just it's just about creating some positive habits in your life that will help you get through any time. And I'm not going to just say hard, but anything. So. uh, Right. So if you learned anything, audience, if Tanya made you smile, if she made you think and like you hear me say all the time, if she made you go, "Mm," you know, like made you think really hard. (laughs) Right. If you learned something please leave a five-star review over on itunes so people can find the podcast and we can like tanya said spread the ripple even farther um till next time everybody and tanya thank you so much for being here and being such a wonderful guest i love you guys have a good night or good evening or good or good afternoon or
0: morning wherever you're at and i will see you next time are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles Join the fearless happiness lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore past podcast episodes and get a copy of the fearless happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T.org, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.